This may not be what the creators intended, but like, it can't be an accident that this is in there. Look, I remember it fondly because it had dinosaurs, <laughs> but I remember it unfondly for every other reason. The Black Donnelly's is pure gold, and you guys are wrong. Joey Ice Cream uh, for president. I'm just saying that Selfie belongs in the Criterion Collection. Is it working? Uh, <laughs> no, never, never has anything worked for me in my life, Ronnie. <laughs> Welcome to Ending Pending. I'm your host, Andy. I'm an egg. I'm an egg with arms and legs. And I'm Evan. I'm uh, remembering all of this all too well. And I'm Ronnie. That's right. This is Taylor Swift. This is where we're going to talk about Taylor Swift. Oh, we got some more Taylor content. I, I forgot. Well, I knew through, like, the culture that Taylor Swift had done something recently. So I'm really glad that you're here to inform me of oh, I would, what I should know. Yeah, Evan, this is this is a whole other podcast. I, I can give you the cliff okay. notes, but even then, I'm not really going to be able to scratch the surface of what has happened this week. Just give me what I need to know to understand Twitter. Um... Okay, 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 okay. Andy, are you also uh, unfamiliar with all this? Is this going to be like uh, uh, Ronnie talks to the world about Taylor Swift? I like Taylor Swift more than Evan does, but I I am not like, I haven't listened to the new album yet. Sure, sure, sure. Okay, so not not a new album, uh, a re-release of an album back from like 2011, 2010. Oh, um, yeah, I've been listening to those. The, okay. the Taylor Swift version. The Taylor Swift yeah, cuts. Taylor, Taylor's great. version, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, all of Taylor's music, her masters that would be played on the radio and on Spotify and, and Apple Music and stuff got sold uh, to a real creep uh, against her wishes um, for a huge, huge dollar amount because, of course, it's it's like, you know, good, good music that everyone wants to listen mm-hmm. to all the time. Uh, Taylor is like, hmm, I still own the copyright to the songs themselves. I wrote them, so I'm just going to re-release them and like put a little asterisk basically next to all the ones that I want my fans to listen to, and it's going to make this hmm. sale of all my old music basically completely useless. Uh, That's and- nice. good. Yeah, that is that is uh, a, a powerful capitalism yeah, move. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and it was like done in the face of like, yeah, you're not actually going to do that. And even if you do that, like nobody has that fan base where they're going to like go through the hassle of like making sure every song they listen to. And, and basically they fucked around and found out, um, mm-hmm. is, is what has happened here. Um, one of the, uh, primary songs, uh, was a song called all too well, uh, which Taylor re not rewrote but added verses to to make it a 10 minute long song um mm. and it's amazing it's very good it's very like adds a lot of fire and passion to it where like before it was like oh that's a sad cute little break breakup for like a young person and now it's like give me the head of who did this <laughs> to taylor swift i want blood and the blood that people are uh chasing um, not not confirmed nor denied is that of one Jake Gyllenhaal who da- Taylor was dating at the time of this um, <laughs> and there's some real like intense lyrics that are like 
uh, you said maybe if we were closer in age, it would have been fine. Uh, I've never been very good at jokes, but the punchline is I get older and your lovers stay my age. Like it's it is like Jake Gyllenhaal will not be able to leave his home, um, much less wear a scarf ever again. Um, I wonder how that will affect. I've been hearing something uh, about the scarf. I don't understand the scarf thing. The scarf. So in the in the in the lyrics of of All Too Well originally, it's like, oh, I left my scarf at your sister's house, and you still have it. And then in the newer updated version, she like hits back with like, and you still have my scarf after all this, and you want it because it smells like me, and it makes you think of me. Um, and, and truly the only thing Jake Gyllenhaal can do is find this scarf and get this back to Taylor. It's the only thing he can do to save his career. I wonder how this will affect Cassius on uh, good neighbors. Uh, it's it, it is <laughs> the fact. Yes. I thought about that pretty often that like Jake Gyllenhaal um, really could redeem himself by coming on the podcast. Good neighbors. Uh, but at this point, I don't even know how much good neighbors wants him. Um, yeah, yeah, Cassius will be heartbroken. Yeah, yeah, Cassius. Uh, it's it's. There's a lot here. There's a lot to unpack. I'm I am a a, a member of w- what is called the uh, Gaylor community, um, which you know l- all of this is just speculating about like Taylor's romantic interests, um, and there's a pretty large contingent of the community uh, that surmises that. She's had like really, really intense friendships with a lot of uh, women, and um, there's it's 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 more complex than just like oh we would like it to be gay, uh, but what boils down to is like we think it's gay that uh, we think that a lot of this is like her hiding the relationships uh, with with different women in her life. Um, so that adds a whole extra layer of not necessarily like force forcing it to be gay, but there's 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 elements here. There's elements that she is either certainly playing into or elements where it's like, no, this is this is accurate and true. And, you know, we you know, we should be heard. Um, I understand uh, the desire to want to speculate about certain star sexuality. um, But also, I do think that that is like an issue and like we should let people come out in their own time when they're ready. It's a slippery slope. But also... It's uh, it's impossible to not notice Richard Madden and his gay roommates. <laughs> so like, you know, right? You it, ain't you ain't necessarily fooling nobody either if you like move into an apartment with like yeah. gay dudes. Like she, she just released a uh, a music video of one of the songs from Red, and uh, maybe I'm too deep in this TikTok community, but like. The things that she is like pointing to, it's like it, 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 it's like Beatty at this point, where it's just like if if it's not gay, then it's 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 like homophobic, honestly. Like to, for I you hope to she <laughs> that I want that on a on a shirt. If if it's not gay, then this is homophobic. <laughs> I want her to look back at her Taylor Swift sobs uh, solves homophobia music video and cringe. Right. Yeah. I want her to come out and cringe at that music yeah, video. Yeah. I don't know. I don't God, know. If, I don't know. It's if fucking we're, terrible. I don't know if we're far enough from um from the lover era of ta- Taylor Swift from the uh, you need to calm down for her to really truly reflect on that. 
uh, considering she is a multi, multi, multi-millionaire and probably doesn't have a whole lot of people in her life who are like, hey, e- this was e- maybe not. Um, this was bad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I will say that, like, everything folklore evermore from, like, the the, the newest two albums that were done without her, um, her big record label, um, a, a lot of, like, it is it is it is if not queer music it is definitely queer culture um mm-hmm. the the i don't know if you've heard like the phrase meet me behind the mall that has become like a sapphic rallying cry um in in the taylor community um it's just there's a lot here you know there's a lot of stuff i really recommend everyone go watch the uh the the t- the short film that taylor swift made which is so so here's here's where we really get into it here's why it's pertinent to us Taylor Swift now um, has made a short film that will be theatrically released, which means that it will be Oscar eligible. Um, Who knows if she'll win, (laughs) Um, but I think there's a chance that she takes home best short film. She's already got a ton of Grammy. She's got the Oscar. Um, It would be nothing for her to like be in a Broadway musical in the next like five years. She's going for that EGOT. Um, which means she's got to make something for TV. Um, and I'm glad that we are like enveloping the mini series dynamic into this because Taylor's probably not going to make a six season show. Taylor is going to decidedly make a mini series for TV based on one of these albums and, and you know, whatever, or based on one of the books that she may write, which is another whole thing that she might be writing a book and it may be coming out exactly on like three years from like two weeks ago. Um, all I'm saying is that, like, I'm very happy we are opening ourselves up to the decided miniseries so that we can definitely talk about Taylor Swift's miniseries that she puts out in, like, five years. I'm very excited for that. Well, it was a roundabout road, but we got there. We got Ronnie. there. Well it's done. all about the TV. It's all about one season shows. One season TV shows that we watch on this show. On our this show. show. Pending. And also if you can tell Taylor by Swift. those introductions, Ending Pending is a podcast where we discuss <laughs> television shows which have only lasted for a single season. We are currently covering Amazon's uh, d- d- Danger and Egg. Danger and Eggs. Danger and Eggs. But before we get into that, I have a bit for us. That's the bit. That's the bit. Oh, Ronnie's really winding up. When did you notice that you were an adult? Because oh. there is an episode of uh, Dunkin' Egg where they have to uh, deal with this uh, hedge knight and uh, the Targaryens are up to, you know, trouble. And uh, the the Dunk has to pretend he's an adult. Mm-hmm. No, wait, Egg. Egg had to pretend he was an adult. Uh, Dunk looks way different in this, but they still got the Targaryen blonde hair down. Should be a little more white, but I'm cool with it. I like the gender bent. I like that they made uh, uh, Dunk a girl. I thought that was clever. I don't know what I don't know what you're talking. Uh, um, George R. R. Martin's popular prequel <laughs> series to a Game of Thrones, uh, the Hedge Knight trilogy, all about Dunk and Egg. Sure. They're two characters. Anyway, uh, yeah. What did uh, what uh, what you what you what? No shit. Egg. Oh, I'm getting my. Anyway, when did you become an adult? I love that you like emphasized how intensely popular of an of an author George R. R. Martin is. Like, 
as if to say, Ronnie just spent 10 minutes talking about Taylor Swift. I can mention also a very popular artist of our time. Yeah. Um, they call him the American Tolkien. Do they call him that? Yeah, uh, scholars, scholars, scholarly people call him the American Tolkien. His writing style is extremely okay. different than Tolkien. Yeah, yeah. Way hornier. Way I don't know, actually. Tolkien's pretty horny. Well, okay. Horniness aside, it's just, it's it's the, like, if it's a battle or if it's a, if it's a feast, George R. R. Martin is, like, getting carpal tunnel writing about it. Um, whereas, like, if it's a battle for Tolkien, it gets, like, a paragraph, but, like, a tree gets two and a half chapters. Um, mm-hmm. A song. If if somebody sings a song, he talks about the song and also includes all the lyrics of the song in there. So you end up you end up talking about the song for like. I pages. told this troll a riddle one time, and then and then all of a sudden the Hobbit is over, and you're like, "What just happened?" Well, that's the Hobbit. That's like <laughs> this little fairy tale book. Anyway, when did you realize you became an adult? Um, Do my bit, Ronnie. Dance for me. Um, I don't play in the space. <sighs> There's definitely a moment before this. And I and I and I and I'm trying to think of one because this one's like a little bit like cheap and easy. Um But I'll just go there and, and we can come back to me if I think of something a little more silly. Um I guess this is not inherently a silly topic. Um but when my daughter was born uh it was real bad times heart was not working right and but we got to hold her for all of uh 30 seconds before she was rushed off to children's hospital philadelphia um kirsten had just had a c-section so she wasn't going anywhere uh and so i was uh with with my daughter at chop i flew there drove there but like flew there um for the next like day and a half and like i am not a detail oriented person like and and if anyone has taken like medication before and had to remember like medication names and stuff like that and dosage uh you know that stuff gets real like off the walls real quick and like mm-hmm. i became a different person i like launched into just like feeding memory mode like i like i was calling kirsten like every couple hours like they just put her on this dosage of this medicine and they're going to give it to her this many times and they're going to do this dosage of this one if that doesn't work and then they're going to start feeding this way and just so you know like there's a lot of beeping that goes on here with the machines when she goes into her episodes and and it might be a lot for you so just like make sure that you're like drinking enough and eating like i was like super duper dad mode of just like not not because I knew I was gonna have to do that because I didn't know in the morning that that was even happening and not because like I thought I could do that it was just like my brain shut off and another part opened up where it was like this this is adult time this is like no joke around no silly time and you're just gonna like eat sleep and breathe children's medicine for the next like three days um and everyone was just like everyone who knew me was like you okay because you're like on top of shit (laughs) um (laughs) the answer was no you yeah no i was not okay 
I literally it, it, like sleep became like a thing where I was like, I mean, I don't think I need it because I haven't had it. And then I was like hallucinating while reading books uh, in, oh. in the cafeteria. And I was like, mm, oh, no. sleep is maybe a thing that I do need. Maybe um, human bodies do need that. Actually, Maybe. Maybe. Uh, Staring at a uh, at a heart monitor for just forty hours straight is not food, um, mm-hmm. and so I it was just like I I think I like reverted pretty quickly when Kirsten showed up and like we could do it together where I was just like Ugh! I like uh we we just like latched onto the nurses and doctors to be like be our be our parents be adults for us. <laughs> um, but like that, that those first couple of days was like, oh, shit, like I it was like in the past that would have been scary because I'd have been like, I can't do it. I can't figure any of this out. But at that moment, it was like, oh, no, I'm an adult because like I can do it. Like if I need to, I can do it. And so long childhood. That was the that's the moment that jumps to mind most most easily. That was only like a few years ago. Your child is not I old. I know, I know. I've been pretty adolescent up until this point. Um, I got married young, is- so it's like even marriage and like owning a home and stuff like that was just like, I don't know, this is all just still playing house. I think the the sort of time in my life when I realized I was an adult was uh, like a year or so after college. I moved up to Connecticut because the dude I was dating at the time got a job up there. And shortly after we moved up there, like within a few months, uh, he was terminated from that job. Mm. And uh, suddenly I was in a new state and I was the sole breadwinner of our household. Uh, And I didn't have any friends and uh, it was just me and capitalism, baby. Uh, so obviously like my, my family is well off and like had, had something gone wrong, had I run out of money, I would have been fine. You know, I, I could have, and eventually did, uh, like just move home. But, um, yeah, I was up in Connecticut for two years. Uh, and for a large portion of that, I was the only one earning money and I was paying the rent and uh it it really sucked everything sucked so that was when i realized i was an adult when i uh you know suddenly was thrust into a position of responsibility that uh i didn't want or ask for and uh had to make it work and just deal with that yeah that's not a fun story but no. yeah that's 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 when uh that's when capitalism really hit me I, gen- uh, I, I don't feel like coming of age is ever like fun unless you're yeah. left in the woods with nothing but a wolf and a spear and come back to rule all of Sparta or something like that. Or uh, if you find a treasure map to one-eyed willies. Sure. cash yeah, of I, gold and you're going to buy your town after going on a whimsical yeah, adventure. The genre of coming to age is definitely a little different than coming to real age. Mhm. What about you, Andy? Uh, I have like one like real serious one and then two kind of like fun ones. Uh, so the serious one is when I came out to my family 
I had already started like moving things uh, to a, a friend's place to like crash with them for a bit. And um, I, I had like already loaded up my car with like the rest of my belongings because I was uh, expecting me to be thrown out right away. And to my uh, parents' credit, they did not kick me out of the house. Um, they had said that I could live with them um, till I finished grad school. And they did not, like, go back on that. But uh, I realized pretty quickly that this was an untenable living situation. And I was uh, right to assume that I, I, I needed to leave after informing them of that decision. So I uh, I think that they had asked that I would do it when they weren't home. Um, I think they were pretty emotional about it, too. But, yeah, I, like finished packing up whatever I wanted and I uh, was sitting in my car in the driveway and was just like, fuck, like there's, there's no going back now. Like childhood is behind me Mm -hmm. and uh, I don't know where I'm going or what I'm doing or how I'm going to like make this work. But uh, yeah, I cannot possibly ever come home. Yeah. Uh, So that was, that was a like, I can point to that moment. Like I know like before that, like being in grad school and like living at home. And I mean, even when I was a pastor, I still felt, uh, like part of adolescence had been there with me, even through all of that. Like I was pretending to be an adult, but I was not an adult. And this was the moment where I, I was, uh, adult me. Uh, another moment, uh, which is like less serious was, uh, one time for Christmas, Evan gave me socks and I was really (laughs) fucking jazzed about it because they were really nice socks and I had needed new socks. And I, uh, I had the moment of thinking like, damn, like I would have been so mad about this present as a kid, but I'm so stoked right now to get these socks. Like what a great Christmas gift. Uh, I, I am boring now. Like I'm jazzed about these socks or, um, Evan and I just got like a joint bank account a few months ago. And, uh, that felt like a really adult thing, uh, Mm -hmm. that was like worth taking note of like, yeah, this is like a really adult decision we're making, like to, to combine our financial futures. Um, we're already pretty intertwined, but, uh, we had not had a joint account until now. People just be doing that, by the way. People just be having joint bank accounts with, like, boyfriends. That's wild. Like, don't. F- fucking don't, nuts. Don't do that. I cannot stress enough, guys. Don't do that. Don't. Don't Maintain do that. your financial independence. We've been together, like, almost six years. We've so, been living together like, for five. We've been engaged for, like, four and a half. Mm-hmm. Like, like, and we just did it while we were wedding planning. But people just be doing that. Nuts. Fucking nuts. Don't Don't do that. Do not ever give anyone control over your money. Don't do that. Don't. Don't get a joint bank account. Don't get a joint Facebook account. Don't get a joint Instagram account. To be clear, we also still have separate accounts. We have an account that we share for things that we are, you know, purchasing jointly for our house and for like our wedding and stuff. But we also like each of our paychecks still gets deposited into our own personal checking accounts and we allocate 
our funds to the shared account or to other, you know, whatever. And we, we inform yeah. each other when we're going to like tap the saved account to make a purchase or something. Yeah. Do, don't ever give anybody total control of your money and especially don't give anybody any control of your money. If you've only known them for a few months, don't ever do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't get joint access to a Spotify account because you know, your, your shitbag boyfriend he does want to listen to Taylor Swift, but he's not going to take the time to listen to Taylor's version. He's going to give money Evan, to Scooter Braun. Mm-hmm. Evan put his YouTube account into the TV, and now he's stuck getting weird board game recommendations. Yes. Or <laughs> I watched a bunch of Carman. <laughs> yes. My YouTube account is what is logged in on our smart TV, and Andy uses my account to watch Carman. <laughs> and I, I will never be, I will never be over it. This is a. This is why you should never share an account for anything. Evan doesn't know about all of the weird silver coins that I buried in the basement. Because I'm John Wick. Ah, uh, I got that John Wick life. Yeah, oh. yeah. Been wondering where your dog was. Oh rip. Yeah. Um, those movies went downhill after the first one. Uh, that's a different podcast, though. So let's, uh, now that we talked about adulthood, did you guys have a fun, like, adulthood moment where you were like, oh, I'm an adult? Or or is it just all kind of serious sadness stuff I, for you guys? I occasionally have moments like that where I do something really boring and get excited about it, just like you did with the, with the socks. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I bought a Swiffer wet jet the other day, and I was so excited to come home and try out my Swiffer wet jet. <laughs> So like that was a, a moment where I was like, oh wow, oh oh, oh wow. You no. are such a dad with your tools. Like you get yeah. so jazzed about like your new tool thing, and you use it, and then you stand back and you put your hands on your hip and you look real like self satisfied. And I'm like, oh my man, look at him. <laughs> I want to be that guy. I want to be that guy. But I just like like we have a robot vacuum, and and like that was kind of an exciting purchase. But all I want to do is like. Put some googly's eyes on there, and and put some like droid Star Wars droid patterns on, and like make Love it that. make it a fun toy. You should. You should put some googly eyes on it. It's- I just repaired our robot vacuum. I was very proud of myself. See? One of the little motors went bad in it, and I found another one on the internet, and I just replaced the motor, and it works now. The only th- I've re- I've uh, pulled a sock out of the wheel well of mine. That's about as as, as <laughs> fixy, Mr. Fixit that I've gotten with mine, so I haven't had that that pride moment. Uh, but no, I really think that, like, anything that is, like, reminiscent of adulthood for me, uh, outside of, like, maybe having, like, difficult but important conversations with people in my life, um... It's a drag. It's just a total drag that I don't like yeah. thinking about. Yeah, being an adult sucks. It's it bad. Sucks. It's objectively uh-huh. not great. Or I don't know. There are parts of it that I really do enjoy. And and maybe part of that is because uh like I did not have the childhood I wanted. Right. That well that's what I was gonna having I was gonna say that. Like objectively, maybe adulthood isn't that bad. It's just that childhood is like a blissful dance that prepares you for it. Not at all. And so you get yeah. to just ignore it unless your childhood was pretty shitty, in which case your uh, 20s are rough. 20s are rough. 20s are fucking rough. 20s I mean, is what this whole episode is about. Of just I, that I made gray it up area. in the back half. I, 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 they had me in the first round, but I made it up in the back <laughs> half. But uh, 
Yeah, I think my 30s are going to be, like, not necessarily easy, but, like, I think I got shit figured out. I always get excited <laughs> about like, Knock on wood. Yeah. Yeah. Bold, bold choice to say that aloud on a podcast. I always get excited about my 30s because how everyone's been like, oh, yeah, your 30s are, your, are their best years. Like, you figuring out your 20s, 30s are your best, and I'm very excited for my 30s. I feel like that's a little different for those of us who have children. Um, and that is that uh, not a complaint. That is my choice, and I, and I'm I'm happy about it. But it's just gonna it's it might be a little different. It, I, I don't expect it, me to have like a roaring 30s uh, uh, excitement kind of thing. But I can still try. I can still strive to do it. And that's that's what I'm excited for in adulthood is trying to. Uh, I, <laughs> I, no, I was gonna say forget my children, but no, I don't want to do that. Um, just wanna just wanna live. Live my life. I've got a mortgage, you know? It's, 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 and, yeah. I, and I have an end date of the mortgage on paper that yeah. is like re- a real date that is not a real date because it's so far in the future. I just feel like life is flying by all of us at a rapid pace and I don't want to die, you know? <laughs> okay, we've taken this somewhere now. <laughs> Uh, I sort of have the opposite problem, which is that uh, I I think about how much uh, like work I still have to do over the course of my life, and I get preemptively exhausted. Uh, you know, yeah. I'm thinking like, oh, there's going to be decades more of just like doing capitalism, and that's my god. I just we I, should talk I, about this show. Yeah, yeah, I I don't love what I do for a living, but um. I feel like I kind of fell ass backwards into this and I think I'll find something else at some point. Like, I don't know when or what that will be, but, uh, I, I, things work out for Andy, you know, mm-hmm. you know, I, I tend to always land on my feet. So, uh, you got me. yeah, yeah. And, uh, I think I'll, I think I'll figure out a, a new, a new thing at some point. Uh, until then, like, I'm, I'm fine. I don't, I don't love work, but, you know. I don't, like, I know it's a thing we've been working on for a long time, and, like, the, the uh, politics and, 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 uh, history of it are very fraught. Um, I just hope that we seize the means of production before I turn 45. That's, that's, like, that's my goal. Um. Yeah. But, other than that, I guess capitalism yeah what was this show talk let's what's what the show? show what what is this show what's this show? It's a what's weird show it's a, i mean yeah it's um, it's weird uh so so let me let me real quick uh i know we have a a, a strict like andy picks a show evan picks a show ronnie picks a show and then we do a fan pick uh but at this point in our in our podcasting career i just i also pick a fan pick for my pick because Y'all have good ideas, and so this is a uh, a fan recommendation uh, from. Once I find the the tweet, I will uh, shout out the the Twitter user. But you can go ahead and 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 preface the show, Evan, and and tell us what it's all about in the meantime. Yeah. All right. So this this show, the premise of this show is that uh, there's an egg. There's an egg, you see. 
Uh, it's uh, an egg named Philip. He's person-sized, and he's got spindly little arms and legs, and he loves rules, and he loves safety. And he's got a friend who's a little girl with blue hair, and her name is Dee Dee Danger. And she likes danger and fun and weird stuff. So this is the friend dynamic we have. It's an egg who loves safety and a, a blue-haired little girl who loves danger. Um, the first episode is uh, they go to a, a water park to, like, plan out a, a, a series of water park activities, and um, Philip, the egg, uh, like, falls down a tube into a, a, an abandoned water slide and finds a man who was a boy who was missing, like, 25 years ago, and he's just been living in this abandoned water slide this whole time, and he has to rescue this man. I wanted to say he has to rescue this boy, but it's not a boy anymore. He's been missing for like 24 years. Um, oh, I should clarify this. Each episode has two parts. It's like 1A and 1B and 2A and 2B. So each story is actually only like 10 minutes. So episode 1A is the thing with the water park. Episode 1B, uh, Philip, the egg, uh, uh, realizes that he likes broccoli and Dee Dee's like, oh my gosh, you're an adult now. If you don't do adulting right, you'll get stuck in limbo forever and you'll get trapped in the adult limbo dimension. So if you're not a kid anymore, we have to make sure you do adulting right. So you have to get a, a house and a child and a job. Um, and there is no adult limbo. Um, he's, he's just, uh, you know, this is just normal, a regular thing that happens. They think that there's Dee Dee thinks that there's uh, some kind of weird specter of the limbo zone that, like, takes you to the limbo zone if you don't do adulting right, but that's not... They're just people who would like to give you hugs. They're not limbo uh, specters, and uh, everything's fine. Uh, episode 2 is about a Ren fair. They go to a Ren fair, and uh, there's a, a douchebag who takes it too seriously. Episode 2B, like 2B, I'm, I'm seeing on the description that it's called Satellite Gardens and it's about a garden. I have no recollection of this. <laughs> I watched the whole thing. I don't know what Satellite Gardens was about. Is that the like, robot that like yeah. tried to trick them? Okay. It, I do a remember. robot with uh, holograms. They're in the... like a hedge maze and yeah. there's like a robot. who. Yeah. Renfair was fun though. Yeah, the Renfair episode was, was fun. There was some Renfair jokes in there. Anyway. Um, yeah, so this, okay, Satellite Gardens is the one where they, uh, like, meet a robot in a hedge maze. Uh, episode 3A is called Raccoons. Uh, Philip bandages an injured raccoon, and, um, the raccoon is, like, a raccoon super genius, and it, uh, it... It creates raccoon capitalism. It, yes, it, <laughs> it's, uh... Creates a raccoon business and enslaves Dee to capitalism. Um, episode 3B is called Sheriff Luke, and Philip meets a kid who likes rules even more than Philip does, and uh, they get into a, a civil disobedience battle. That's, that's, that's what's going on. These uh, episodes are both extremely simplistic and extremely weird, so yeah. that's, that's what happens in them. <laughs> 
and also not at all like tied together. There's yeah. not there's yeah. not a there's running no through, through line. line. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very and, like old school nineties animation technique with like doubling up the episodes, the stories per episode, mm-hmm. and making it non like linear. Not non linear, but like non uh what the word is for when there's not a through line. You don't need to watch them in consecutive order. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um and we watched three of them. And you know I gotta ask it. Uh hey Andy. Yeah, Ronnie. These three episodes of Danger and Egg, did they work for you? You know, it's a very strange retelling of the Hedge Knight trilogy, but there was a knight and there was a hedge mage, hedge maze, and uh, I think it's an interesting take on George's vision of uh, Westeros and uh, Westerosi culture. So yeah, I think it worked for me. I feel like if he didn't already think of a hedge mage, then like as George R. R. Martin is listening to this, he is like scribbling TM, TM, away. TM. <laughs> TM, 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 it's mine, George, it's mine. Um, very good, very good. Hey, Evan. Yes, Ronnie. Three episodes of Amazon Prime videos, Danger and Eggs. Uh, did they work for you? No, I don't think I liked them. Hmm. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, yeah. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, yeah. Hey. 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 Did the show work <laughs> for your brain? <laughs> <laughs> Good job. Um. Yeah, I liked it. It was, it was uh, you know. It's definitely, I did not expect this show to be, like, so aimed at children. Like, it comes up with the Amazon Prime Video Kids uh, logo at the top, and it's it's rated 7+. plus. Um, so it's, like, it's, it's, it's different than what I was expecting. Um, it's, uh, it, I liked it. I did. I, I, it did, like, harken back to some classic cartoons for me while also like sprinkling in some of like the like off the wall antics of your uh adventure times your regular shows your uh what have yous um and uh yeah i thought it was a good uh good time good romp with these two uh dynamic characters i'm uh i'm interested to hear that that i mean well i guess not <laughs> It's not surprising too much to me that you didn't like it, Evan. Um, mm. But when I was watching this, I, I like my brain just because of some of the animation styles and some of the way that they were uh, being absurdist. It harkened back to like kind of a SpongeBob uh, sensibility. And mm. on this show, Andy, uh, famed SpongeBob hater, um, me and Evan are kind of like, yeah, it's, uh, SpongeBob's fine. Uh, so it's 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 interesting. <laughs> Interesting to me to hear that uh, Andy, I, big fan, Evan, not so much. If I, I have, may. I have reasons. We'll get into them. But yeah, sure. go ahead. If I may, um, I don't like this animation style. Sure. And uh, 
I don't really like this type of cartoon. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm I'm down for for a cartoon hangout. Give me some Young Justice. Give me Avatar: The Last Airbender. Uh, give me Clone Wars and Rebels all day, baby. But uh, this like isn't my kind of show. But like recognizing that and saying like, does this show still work? I think it does. Like, I like Philip as a character. I like Dee Dee as a character. And even if it's not my like preferred type of humor or uh, like storytelling, I can still recognize that it's like well done. Mm-hmm. And that if I had to like watch a child for some reason, I would gladly put this on and like the jokes that like are there for the adults, I think are quite good and funny. Mm-hmm. So um, like the bit where uh, Dee Dee is forced into raccoon indentured servitude and she's like, this is called going through the motions. Uh, like, <laughs> I fucking lost it. Like, yeah, that's a whole mood. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I do that every day at the office. Like, yep. So, I, yeah, like the stuff that's there for the adults, I thought was really funny. Even if, like you said, like this is way more aimed at kids. Yeah. And it's not really my type of cartoon, but I can like recognize my own biases and right. still say that I think this is a good show. I will say that it is. For me, and maybe this is, you know, exactly maybe where Evan differs, um, it is far more palatable than most. Like, there's a lot of shows out there that are like kids shows, but are aimed at like young teens. Um, This one, I I don't know what the the target demographic is here, but like it is, you know, very simplistic. There does there is not the like hyper intensive lore that a show like uh adventure time or avatar the last airbender um i i don't really i I can't believe i just compared those two uh different animation projects (laughs) they do both have deep lore they do they do um there's not so much that there so it's a much easier show to glom onto for a younger mind i would imagine so maybe it is that that seven seven and up age rating is appropriate it's far more palatable i watch a lot of like young people's TV right now for, for reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, it is far more palatable than a lot not of shows. Not for reasons. You're not like a weirdo. You have a young child. <laughs> I have a child. Yes. For, well, for, you don't have reasons. like, you don't have like a Sesame street fetish. Like you're, you're, you have a small child. So you're watching kids. TV. Listen, go back and watch, uh, early seventies Sesame street. All of those characters, the adult, like grown up human characters that are like old on the show. Now, they, there is no reason for them to all be such snacks. I, 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 I'll send y'all a link. Uh, anyway, it's far more palatable. It's far more palatable, yeah, than um, for me, an adult. And like you said, th- to have those good jokes in there that are like, uh, I, I, th- there are shows that are like for kids, but then there's something for the grownups. Like, I think these are just like the jokes that they write in here are things where it's like, kids and adults will just enjoy it for different reasons um, or, or the same reason. It's just kind of a little bit more uh, transcendent. Uh, I did. I do like the animation. I think the animation is cute. I specifically like the way Phillips face moves around his enormous egg body Mm -hmm. uh, as he makes expressions. It's a very like non-human way for it's really exaggerated 
but it really conveys the emotion well, I feel like. When he's like, wisp- his whole body is an egg, mm-hmm. as I've pointed out multiple times. He's this just smooth, round orb thing. And so his as he's doing facial expressions, his face will just move around his body. So like if he's like whispering something, his entire face will shrink into like the top left of his egg body. And it's just like a good sort of exaggerated animation technique. I think, I think it's a good, good choice they made with that. Mm -hmm. And like the animation is bright and colorful and it looks nice. So that I was, you know, satisfied with, um, what else is I gonna? I had another thing that I liked. Renfair episode. Oh had yes, some, had some like the real good Renfair jokes. Yes, that was it. Specifically, the Renfair episode had some uh some some cute little jokes in there uh about like you know the guy who takes the Renfair too seriously and like the staff at the Renfair doing the uh what's hark what. What be that, uh, strange box thou hast in thy, like, okay, calm the fuck down. You know, that just, uh, that just, uh, rang true for me, so I got some short holes out of the Renfair episode. Mm -hmm. Uh, there was some gay energy with Egg being like, I'm not an adult, but I'm not a child, I'm somewhere in the middle, and Dee Dee being like, are you stressed about not having a label? And he was like, no, I'm me, and that's okay, and I don't need to figure out a label right now. I can just be comfortable being myself. And uh, I was just like, oh, this is, like, this is really cool. Like, it, they weren't coming out and being like, this is about sexuality, but, like, mm. you could definitely read that scene that way uh, to some degree, and I, I thought it was sweet. Uh, there was also, like, kind of a sweet, like, little thing with Dee Dee and a girl at the Ren Fair that was like them becoming friends and like hanging out. But, uh, you know, I, I was told that this show was queer. So I'm like looking for it. <laughs> there, there were, there were moments like that. I, I, I was informed that there was like, it's, it's overtly queer. So maybe we, we have more, uh, to see ahead of us. Um, Kieran, Kieran is the the uh, person who recommended this. Thank you so much, Kieran. And uh, I don't I don't have a, a Twitter handle, so just message us and we'll 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 give you the proper proper thank yous uh, in that way. Um, yeah, I, I I I you know there's just a lot of moments in this show that make it very different from shows I grew up with, shows that are on right now, um, and it's just I mean. I don't know. It's wholesome. It's wholesome. It's low stakes. It's funny. There's not anything to like make me furrow my brow too much yet. Um, and I'm just a big, big fan. I will say that watching three of these like in one sitting was exhausting. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, like I said, like, I'm enjoying the show, even though it's not typically like the sort of show I would watch uh, or go out of my way to watch. But uh, by God, uh, sitting still and watching three of these in a row, I felt like I had run a marathon. Like so much happens 
and there's there's two plot lines per episode mm-hmm. and they're not connected at all so it's not like you're kind of like riding out watching one story it is like rapid fire plot stop restart rapid fire plot stop restart yeah. and it's just like a lot it is the, a lot you cannot binge this show you will die yeah no this is the kind of show where i'm i'm kind of looking forward to watching it again not with the intent of like critiquing it for an audience um because like i i'll just like pop it on maybe one day when i just need like a little bit of a a cool down on the old brain and i don't really want to do any other stuff um bits at a time that is uh it is it is frenetic it is high energy um the the uh, we do get a little bit of an audience surrogate in egg kind of having like some like um uh neurodivergent um like anxious ideas and feelings kind of just like like when dd is just too much um we we do get something out of egg of just like wow this is a lot and it's like yeah egg this is a lot you and me philip i meant not egg you're you're you are an egg your name is not egg which is confusing it's confusing because egg in this philip is the dunk character sure and dd is the egg egg yeah and so like i i i, I keep getting mixed up sure. but so really um, it really uh you know inverted retelling yeah but i agree philip is amazing like i i love philip very much but Uh, i like dd a lot too like yeah as a duo their their dynamic is really fun that's what i was gonna say in in so many shows like this where there is kind of yeah, and I'm not saying that this is how this show plays out but there's like a high energy super like in your face character and a wet blanket and I mm-hmm. don't feel like either of them while the storylines and the plot and like the things happening around them are jarring and like like really hard on the brain like n- at no point am I like oh like Dee Dee is so much and, and Philip's just trying to do his thing or or vice versa of like Oh, like Didi's just trying to have fun. Philip, why are you such like they genuinely care about each other? Um, Mm -hmm. and and that comes through and makes it so that you don't like feel like some weird anger towards one of these characters for not fulfilling the plot line the other one wants to achieve. They're it's cooperative, they're working together, they they have like shared means in mind. Um, which like again feels strange to like break down so much about this television show but um it it it's a nice feeling um when i forget specifically which episode maybe it was the the um satellite gardens one where like um they they have these doppelgangers and the they 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 make a doppelgang of each other and then swap and so uh, Philip, who is usually very safe and very rules oriented, is like encouraging Dee Dee to do all this like fun, like intense, dangerous stuff to like make her want to stay in, in the gardens. And same thing for for Philip, the, the doppelganger Dee Dee is like, no, let's just stare and look at the stars and look at the clouds. And let's read, read quietly and yeah. sit in a comfortable spot. And like. Even though it's what both of those characters like ultimately feel most comfortable doing, it's like 
even the characters are like, this isn't right. This this is not this is what too much. I'm looking for. This is this is like exaggerated and they're like able to break out of it to be like, no, like this this person really completes me. This person, this egg uh really makes me feel like most comfortable like exploring my my the edges of my comfort zone. Um and it it is, you know, really like smacks in the face of like the typical like Oh, like in this episode, this person's the antagonist because they don't want to have fun. Like that doesn't that doesn't take place here. That's not in the cards. Dee Dee is not a Tigger and Philip is not an Eeyore. Yes. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you for summing up what I said Uh, way better than I could have uh, in, in way shorter time. Well, you said it really well, but I still wanted to to help you out. Yeah, but you did it better. You did a better job. Um, I liked your explanation, Ronnie. Thank you. I like yours, too. You complete me. Aww. Aww. You complete me. Aww. This is a a perfectly fine show. Evan, do you want to shit all over it? (laughs) Yes, please. (laughs) I will say, like, uh, there is certainly more we could talk about about what it's good, but it's just, it's frenetic. It's it's all over the place. It is is something that is, is, in my opinion worth watching just to, for the like aesthetic of it. Plus it's uh Eddie Bryant is DD and and Eddie Bryant is uh wonderful. Um so go ahead and shit away Evan. I well everything I have negative to say about it is really like purely subjective. I don't think there's anything like you know structurally or like fundamentally wrong with this show. It just feels like it's trying too hard. Um, it, it really feels like other sort of quirky, weird, LOL, I'm so random kids shows came into vogue, like Adventure Time, mm-hmm. and like, you know, uh, like, gra- I don't actually know when Gravity Falls came out, but it's it comes to mind as like a good, like weird, quirky kids show. Um, and I mean, as you pointed out, Ronnie, even SpongeBob was like a weird show. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, this just feels less passionate to me. It feels like it's trying to cash in on on the like, whoa, it's so random. This guy's an egg genre of kids show, and I feel like that this show just doesn't quite have as strong of a voice and a point of view as most of these other like weird kid shows had, right? Like SpongeBob certainly was weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like the guy who wrote SpongeBob had like a very consistent style and like he really stuck to his weird theme of like these weird underwater, you know what? And then like Adventure Time also like had a strong, style and voice and aesthetic and it was very weird but like the people who wrote it had this this intense passion and they developed this very deep lore and i don't feel like there's any depth to this show it just feels like a weird like it feels like uh uh philip is an egg for no reason like it just feels Mm -hmm. like whoa there's a one guy who's an egg isn't that weird even the even the like theme song ha- yeah. says something like uh 
it's a show about a girl and an egg and it's kind of hard to explain. And I'm like, it's not. You just explained it. Yeah. There's not more to it than that. It's a show about a girl and an egg. And, like, you're you're really trying to make it weirder than it is. Philip's mom is great. She's a great big chicken. Yeah, the, the opening scene where we introduced Philip is uh, him, like, coming out of the chicken. And he's like, oh, I'm stuck in my mom. And I'm like, I, oh, I don't like this. No, he lives in her feathers. It's not her She's got insides. sticky feathers. It's not her cloaca, Evan. <sighs> Whatever. I do Why'd feel you think like it was the was... chicken's cloaca? <laughs> I mean, I can be forgiven for thinking that because that's where the eggs come from, no, Ronnie. I, no, I very much thought that too before we learned. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it just, uh, it feels like, uh, it feels like they pitched uh, a, a fairly straightforward kids show with two characters and somebody at the network told them like, no, it has to be weirder. You know, kids shows are really weird now. We got to really dial up the weird. What if we like make one of them something totally random? Like what if what if all of them are human, but like just one of them's an egg and he lives in uh, a giant chicken and, uh, you, you know. Yeah, I it, so. if only I, I, I was I was leaning towards disagreeing with you. But the theme song is very like, look how cool and weird and random this is. Like, yeah. it literally just like comes across and says that um, in so many like it's not like they like explain a lot of the show and then say it's hard to explain. They just explain, mm-hmm. like you said, it's an egg, it's a girl and it's hard to explain. And then they just repeat. It's hard to explain like three or four times. And it's like, mm-hmm. I mean, this is your I. I might not have even had like kind of this sort of like suspicious impression of the show if the theme song hadn't bit leaned so hard into like the show is so weird. It's so hard to explain. It's so wonky zany guys. Isn't it weird? Yeah. Um, and it even and, like, it, and this affects my opinion. I don't know how far it goes with everyone else. It has it. I don't know who sang it or or spoke it or whatever but it has a very justin roiland uh affect to the voice who is the guy who does all the voices on um rick and morty um Mm. and so it is also like very like reminiscent of of that genre and that like end of like oh like oh it's so weird huh it's so weird and weird and random and oh i can't even explain how weird and random like it's it's yeah. that that has some baggage already. And like, it, I don't feel like that when I'm watching the rest of the show. I don't get like Rick and Morty vibes at all. So like it bums me out. That they chose to like use even that little snippet in that style for the theme song. Yeah. And besides, I mean, that, like I said, this is a totally subjective thing, but like it just gave me it just sort of rubbed me the wrong way about the show and it kind of colored the way I viewed the rest of it. And also like. I thought the jokes were just okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I I was like pretty bored by the broccoli joke that seemed to go on forever because I feel like, lol, you like broccoli is a a joke that happened in Arthur in like 1992 and has been happening in ki- kids TV shows ever since then. And I'm like, okay, yeah, okay. broccoli, broccoli's okay. bad. Lol, broccoli's bad. Um, yeah, so there were just some things in it that like kind of fell flat for me, especially when contrasted against their like self-declared, uh, uh, you know, the expectation they set that, Oh, this is so weird. It's a hard to explain show. Like, okay, Mm -hmm. you're doing a broccoli joke. All right. Good job. It is. 
I would like it is absurdist in the sense that like one of the characters is an A and they kind of set up like the first episode is fairly uh there there's there's a a interesting thing that the show does um where at at one point in every episode um Dee Dee will whisper like fantasy uh to herself and like the sh- it will become very absurdist and things will take place that like n- could not happen in like you know even in your your stretched imagination of the show um and i feel like that's that's like a an interesting way of doing something like that um i don't it's one of those things where it's like what is this she's like seems to be like an, a a like amateur daredevil like what does this whole like fantasy like call what is what is that other than just mm-hmm. an excuse to make things weird and random i don't know but the first episode is with the the old abandoned water park and going down the chute and finding a child that has been there for for 25 years who thinks he's only been there for a week and uh he's made friends with the rats and the and and made robots and stuff like that and it's like it's that was absurdist that was very like mm-hmm. it was it was random it was it was like you know it 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 went some places and i feel like after that like most of the episodes after that have been fairly mundane situations that other than yeah. raccoons building uh their own uh having their own industrial revolution um that have been basically just like here's a strange scenario that that's like mostly mundane that we're going to put uh Philip and Didi in and see how they react with their very like outlandish personalities um there's more to see. There's a lot more ha- like show ahead of us, but yeah, there's so many more episodes. So many more, so many more storylines. Yeah. I'm so like, excited for Andy to like think about the fact that there are what like 20 more <laughs> um, clips to sit through. Um, I do, I do want to point out that I think uh, I I might have liked this show better if we hadn't already watched Tuca and Birdie, yeah. which does the absurdist cartoon thing in a really so laser targeted effective way right right right. because every time they do something absurdist in tuca and birdie it's to evoke an emotion in the audience and it works like they really think hard about it like the thing like with the video game thing uh to like represent a routine or Mm -hmm. whatever like going through a you know processes to do something and it all becomes pixelated and it it's really like they use the absurdist style, and that's an adult show, granted. Yeah. I, I understand. Like, that is a more sophisticated show by its nature. But having seen that done so well, um, I, I think that has, like, spoiled me a little bit for, like, the absurdist genre of cartoons. Sure. Sure. That's fair. Um, for me, having seen Clone High before this, like, Clone High really just hit the nail on the head as far as animation goes and as far as things being weird. Um and it's it's just a perfect show so that any animation that comes afterward is just really hard to to sort through uh, my emotions. Are you trying to are you trying to affect Andy in some way? <laughs> it's a bit. It's I don't believe work. I don't believe uh-huh. what I just said. Um, no, no, we know. I was like I turned to Andy and was waiting for their reaction. Uh huh. Not gonna take that bait. Don't take it. Don't take it. I'm just I'm just trying to elicit an emotion. Um. Yeah, I. I, 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 this is a show that I would, I would enjoy just kind of having on in the background sort of thing. 
Um, I might put it on for Lila and see how she responds to it. Um, but uh, I don't know. I think I think this would be a good like. Clearly, Tuca and Birdie is like an excellent show, and it's easy to see that. This is the kind of thing it might I might like to have somebody on who's like in the animation industry to kind of like you know watch this and get their take as well because I think there's a lot of stuff that maybe is more nuanced at least whether it's in the style whether it's in like shows like this and like you said Evan like cashing in on this genre um uh that that maybe there's there's other stuff there that we're not fully seeing um but I'm gonna keep watching it I'm excited about it I think these characters are fun to spend time with yeah, I don't mind that we're continuing to watch it. I certainly don't have any. Uh, I don't. I don't have any uh, uh, anger about it. Yeah, I, it it is it is a thing where it's like, if I had known that it was like this targeted at kids, and that it was not episodic. Episodic. That's the word I was looking for. Um, then I don't know that I pick it, but I'm glad that I did pick it. I'm glad that I did. We so. need a silly show every now and then. Every this is a not thinky too hard show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So next time we'll watch. I was thinking five. Yeah, we can do five. We're gonna do five next time. Let's that do sound it. Good, Let's Andy? get it done. Yeah. Just just pace them out. Give give yourself some mm-hmm. time. It's gonna be way easier if I could put this on and Lila likes it. That's 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 the dream, baby. Uh, so we'll watch five next time, episodes six through eleven. Is that right? No, it was six through um, ten. No, yes. No, gosh. Uh, four, four through. Yes, thank you. Yeah, I got six because four, we watched five. six episodes. I'm so confused. Four through. Four through ten. Four through ten. That's five. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Math is hard. Um, <laughs> uh, follow us on Twitter at pending pod. Uh, get to us on Patreon uh, to get some very cool, very hot, just dropped content where Evan explains uh, the Omega verse. That good, good. Yes, A-B-O. Unfortunate normies. Uh, uh, I heard there's like an extended cut on Patreon. Yeah, I'll explain what I did. So, uh, Ronnie came over to our house and we talked. Okay, we didn't talk. I explained what the Omegaverse is. Evan shouted at us for 45 minutes. To Ronnie and Andy, who had, uh, Andy understood it a little bit. Ronnie understood it not at all. Uh, and we talked about it for a long time. I, I explained it for about half an hour, and that's the public episode. And then Ronnie had a lot of questions, and that is the segment <laughs> that is on Patreon. <laughs> it's very good. It's like a full half hour on Patreon of bonus content from that. It's not. It's not. It's all one continuous piece. It's not like little clips. It's one continuous piece of just talking about. It's like a part two. It was yep. late and I was tipsy and I it's like a fever dream. I'm excited to listen back because I think there's a lot I forgot about the Omegaverse um, that I'm real excited to hop back in on. Excited? 
don't know if that's the right word to use. Re- relive the trauma uh, is is what I'm uh, I'm calling. That. Oh, that's that's extreme. It's Come on, not traumatic, it not traumatic. Yeah, yeah. But I I was very much playing the role of a very willing normie, and I became a I I I don't know that I can call myself a normie with an extensive knowledge of the history of ABO. Hmm. I'm a mm-hmm. I'm a I'm a kink master at this point. I'm a I'm a yeah, real like uh, deviant. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's on Patreon, <laughs> Patreon.com/slash/wtmradio. Check out wherethemade.com. You can get links to all of our shows, including uh, fan fiction is good actually, which is uh, the 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 home of all ABO content. Um, and uh, Force Friends is good. Nope. Force Friends, nope. Force Friends, Force Friends is good. Force Friends but is good. It but, is good, but it's not the name of the show. Force Friends rewatch. Uh, exciting things coming down the pike. They are wrapping up this week, wrapping up uh, the Mandalorian, um, and then embarking on. And some I'm new Evan journeys. in that episode. I just shit all over <laughs> it. <laughs> I'm just a big negative Nancy who hates fun and hates everything. Poor Ryan had to put up with me. This is the this is the persona I have cultivated. <laughs> you should uh, listen to that episode, babe. Maybe you'll get a kick out of me being a uh, super a super downer. Maybe I will. <laughs> I don't think you're a super downer. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. I always I always do feel a little bad of 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 like continuing on the the uh, Evan hates everything uh, culture. He loves me. Evan does no, love ev- people listening know it's not true, and I know that you guys know it's not true, yeah. so I don't mind you razzing me about it a little yeah. bit. Um, I am picky about things. I know this about myself. Very particular. I, like things, I, am, I like things to be a certain way. I'm very not picky about things. Um, as we talked about uh, <laughs> Lady in the Water. That was on our 150th episode. I like a good like a good lady in the water. M. Night Shyamalan. Make a series. We'll cover it. Uh, Andy, how do we finish these episodes? I don't know. Um, uh, fuck. Uh, um, we're never doing Firefly? Classic. Walk through the door with you. The air was cold, but something about it felt like home somehow. And I left my scarf there at your sister's house. The sister is Maggie Gyllenhaal. And you've still got it in your drawer even now. Where they may radio.